You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Okay, let's get this out of the way. Um, I am growing my hair. Um, and um, I just wanted to um, see how gray I was. And so I've not had hair for like, you know, 10 years. And so I wanted to grow it out a little bit and just fancy to change. I'm not in denial, right? I know. Um, and um, I'm not, you know, I haven't been in any kind of radiation accident. That This is just how I look. Um, so I'm going with it for a little while, um, you know, so you can too. I, ho- I hope you've had a good Christmas. I hope you had a good Christmas. We had a, um, me and my family, we had an amazing Christmas. We had a wonderful Christmas in between the moments of absolute meltdown and bedlam. So in between the moments of um, hell, we had an amazing uh, Christmas. And we, we really did. We had an, a wonderful Christmas. Um, one of the things I've noticed, and I began to notice this year particularly, is the way that um, Christmas cards have evolved over the last uh, few years, right? So when I was a kid in the 80s, I remember most Christmas cards back then when I was a kid being mainly um, things from like the nativity scene, the, you know, the Christmas story. It would be pictures of uh, Mary on a donkey. It would be pictures of wise men. It would be pictures of um, a star in the sky or angels and things like that, right? When I was a kid, that's um, kind of what Christmas cards were. And then uh, into the 90s and and, uh, later on, it was far more of the um, kind of popular Christmas imagery. You know, Christmas trees, snowmen, Santa Claus, right? Do you see that change? Did you notice that change? And have you seen what's happened recently? What's happened recently is we've, we've moved on again. And what we do now is we send people pictures of ourselves. That's what we do. There's nothing that says Merry Christmas like a picture of yourself. And so what we do is we send pictures of ourselves to each other, you know, because that's you know, exactly what I wanted for Christmas was a picture of you. And, um, but you know what I do to them? Do you know what I do to these pictures that you send me? I'm not singling anyone out here either because you all do it. I mean, you all have sent me these pictures. And you all look incredibly beautiful and wonderful and you, your smiles are lovely and I love all those uh, matching outfits. And, um, but you know what I do to these uh, pictures? What I do is um, I get a pen and I draw little horns on all your children. And um, it makes me feel good. Um, so I draw little horns on all your children. Um, I also draw something on, on you, but I can't tell you because it's inappropriate. Um, but you can guess. Uh, Christmas is a wonderful time of year for, for many people, for most people. But for others, it's a time of year that highlights, you know, or can highlight bad memories or painful emotions. And one of the most common things that people experience at this time of year is loneliness. And today, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at um, the experience and sensation of loneliness, the kind of loneliness we all face. And so I pray today, I pray that the Holy Spirit would lead us, that, that the presence of God would be here with us, and that he would guide us to truth that would help us to endure loneliness. Amen. Human life. Human life begins with disconnection. 
We are connected to our mothers uh, through the umbilical cord and we're carried by our mothers for nine months. And then we are born and in the process of being born, the umbilical cord is cut and we are disconnected. Okay, We go from uh, a stasis of uh, connection to one of disconnection. Okay, And then immediately after that, we are put into our mother's arms and you know, and, and, uh, and she feeds us. And we are then beginning the process of reconnection. And this is human life. This is what human life is. Connection, disconnection, reconnection. This is what human life is. It's the story of human life. And we see this in um, uh, Genesis 2, where it says this. The law God said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. We are made not to be alone, but to be connected. We're made to be connected to each other, and we're made to be connected to God. This is how we're designed. This is how we're made. This is how we're created. This is who we are. We are made for connection, like God himself. God himself, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is community. God is connection. And we're made to be like him. We're made to be connected to him and one another. Um, But then, of course, what happens in the very next chapter is that Adam and Eve eat the apple. And uh, and then this uh, disconnection happens where we as human beings become disconnected to God. And we become disconnected to each other. And this disconnection is what we all face and what we all live in, okay? And now the rest of the Bible, from uh, Genesis 4 all the way through to Revelation 22, is the story of reconnection. It's the story of of disconnected people being reconnected with God and reconnected with each other. This is the story. This is the, the, the story of human life. This is the journey we are all on. We were connected and we became disconnected and now... We are in this process of reconnection. And this is what loneliness is, okay? So loneliness is this. It is us being aware of our disconnection. Loneliness is being aware of our disconnection to one another and to God. And often when we think about loneliness, okay, or being lonely, we associate it with with a a state or... um, a various kind of phase of life. So we kind of feel like, well, single people, single people are, are lonely. You know, single people experience loneliness. Or we think um, the elderly, the elderly experience loneliness. You know, people who live in homes, people who live on their own. They're, you know, they experience a lot of loneliness. Or we think, you know, people with, um, uh, you know, chronic social anxiety or social awkwardness, you know, they, they, they find it hard to make friends. And so they experience loneliness. But loneliness is not, you know, restricted to, to those kind of people in those kind of um, states is something that affects us all. Something we all feel and we all face, maybe even daily. And some of, some of the loneliest people I've ever met in my life have been married, you know, have been in the middle of a family, have been in a marriage, but in the middle of that have felt so lonely, so isolated, so disconnected. Some of the most popular people I've ever met, you know, the kind of people that everybody wants to be like, that everyone looks up to, that everybody wants to be around, are some of the most lonely people in the world. Proximity to people, okay? Being around people, being close to people, does not mean you are connected and does not solve loneliness. A great example of that is if you think about Manhattan, okay? So the island of Manhattan in New York is the most densely populated island in the whole world, okay? It's the most densely populated island in the whole world. There's people everywhere, right? 
But is there a place that is more sad and more lonely than Manhattan? I'm not sure there is. Because being um, close to people does not mean you are connected to people. And that is what we desire and that is what we long for. Do you know, you can feel lonely when um, everything is going wrong. And of course, when everything's going wrong and your plans fail and, and everything just feels going wrong, you can feel lonely. But you can also feel lonely when everything goes right. Okay, When everything goes right, you get the promotion, you win the award, you get the contract, you, you, you get the job, you find the wife, you find, ev- whatever it is, you, you, you get the thing that you were hoping for, longing for. And then actually when you get that thing, you realize that actually your, your desire for that thing was distracting you the whole time from this deeper sense of loneliness. And you can often feel most lonely when you're most successful. Confident people, surely confident people don't feel lonely. People who are sure of themselves, people who are secure, they don't ever feel lonely, do they? I disagree. I think they do. I think when you're confident, when you're sure of yourself, when you know who you are, you actually spend a lot of your time being yourself, being yourself. And when you spend a lot of time being yourself, you're often misunderstood because you're being yourself. And that brings this misunderstanding that confident people often experience. Feeling alone, feeling disconnected. And anyone who has ever done anything creative that you've put out there for people to experience or to buy or to, or, or to see, you know those feelings of vulnerability and loneliness. In, in 2015, which we're leaving 2014, going into 2015. In 2015, you will feel lonely. There will be times and there will be moments where you do feel lonely. The question is, how are you going to deal with it? And the way that most of us deal with this is by seeking some form of comfort. Think about it. The way we, most of us deal with loneliness is that we try and find some kind of comfort. More attention seeking happens on social media when we feel lonely than actually when we feel narcissistic, right? More attention seeking More time is spent on social media when we feel lonely than when we feel narcissistic. More unwise shopping and spending and buying happens because we feel lonely rather than that we're greedy, I think. Of course, greed feeds that, but it's because we feel lonely. I think, you know, more um, sexual sin and um, looking to find affection or... um, Uh, meaning in, in kind of sex or, or pornography or anything like that, that happens more because we feel lonely than we feel lustful. It happens more because we feel lonely than lustful. So what is it for you? Is it alcohol? Is it food? Is it Netflix binges? Is it endless, endless sport? You know, from one season to another, to, from football to NBA to, to baseball to back around a football again, you know. It's just the endless cycle of sport. Is that how you... Hide from your loneliness. Because we all feel this loneliness and we all feel this disconnection. And so the question is, how do we deal with it? Now, if you've been in a church at all, um, or if you've been in any church, you might be starting to guess kind of what I'm going to say, right? How am I going to address this? And and you might be thinking to yourself, well, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, God loves us, right? God loves us and he is with us. We just heard about that all through Christmas. God loves us and he is with us. And so therefore, you know, you don't have to feel lonely. You can feel fine. You don't have to feel lonely. You can feel happy. God loves you. 
right? Which is true. Or you might think that I'm, I'm going to talk about city groups again, right? I'm going to say, hey, you know, you're, you're feeling lonely. What you should do is join a city group. You know, you feel lonely, join a city group. When you join a city group, you can make loads of friends. and You're going to have lots of these friends and you can call them anytime you're lonely and you won't ever feel lonely ever again. Um, I'd like that to be true, but it's not quite true. And sometimes, do you know, the church can be a little bit like Disney. Sometimes we can be a little bit like Disney. We really want everyone to be happy. And we really want everyone to have a good time. And so sometimes we can present God or present ourselves as like, okay, this is, you know, you're going to be happy. You're going to be fulfilled. You're going to, everything's going to be okay. You're never going to feel lonely again if you know God and you know, you know, you're part of the church. But what I want to do today is I want to talk about this in a different way today. And I want to do something different. I want to think about loneliness in a different way. And we're going to get to some of what uh, the Bible says about this. But I think thinking about loneliness is actually quite hard to do in an abstract way. Okay, Because loneliness is a feeling, right? Loneliness is a feeling. It's what you feel. You feel lonely. Even if you are around people, you can feel lonely. And so it's hard to talk about a feeling when you're not feeling it, right? Yeah? And I would hope that most people here today aren't feeling lonely. Some will. There will be some people here who feel very, very lonely and feel most lonely in, in groups like this. But most of us probably don't feel lonely. Most of us are here with family. Most of us are here with friends. Most of us have just connected to God in worship, right? An amazing time of worship where we sang about how he loves us and we feel connected to God right now. So we don't really feel lonely. I hope you don't. Okay? So what I'm going to do uh, now is I'm going to try and make you feel lonely. Okay? I know. I know. What did you do today? Oh, I went to church and this British guy depressed me. Um, okay, but what I want us to do is I want to evoke those feelings of loneliness. I want to evoke those feelings of what it's like to feel alone and isolated and disconnected. Okay? Because I think that will help us. I think if we feel some of that, it will help us in what I've got to say and what I feel like God wants to teach us today. So we're going to listen to some music, okay? Are we ready? This isn't a joke. I'm actually trying to make you feel lonely. This is what I'm trying to do. This is a song called Alone Together by um, played by Chet Baker and Chet Baker is a trumpeter and singer and there's a rhythm section here you know like there's bass and drums and a piano but it's really driven by this lone trumpet There's no joke coming. This is it. I'm, I'm making you feel lonely. I don't know if it's um. I don't know if it's it's the way the melody you know lilts and lifts and falls. I don't know if it's the soul of the man playing it, or if it's just that this trumpet is so alone, kind of out there. 
But it does, doesn't it? It evokes that loneliness. It evokes that disconnection. Also, I want to show you some some art here. These are pictures by. Um, this isn't funny. This is. This isn't funny. It's not. It's not a joke. This is. This is. Um, this is a painting by a guy called Edward Hopper. And Edward Hopper was a painting who, who did most of his work in the, in, in the early part of the last century, in the first half of the last century. He's an American painter. And in, in his paintings, he, he consistently comes to this theme of loneliness and isolation. And he, um, he's fascinated by the loneliness he sees in American life. This, this painting is called um, Automat. And we'll move on to the next one. This is called The, the House by the Railroad. And it's about isolation. Let's have the next one. This one's called An Office in a Small City. And it's a painting about loneliness in the middle of success. Lo- the loneliness that comes with power. And then my favorite one is the last one. It's my favorite painting of his. And this, is, um, this is called New York Movie. And when I look at this painting and I see, I look at this and I think about this, I, I think we are this usherette on the right here. We are this usherette. You know, and it evokes these feelings of feeling like we're on the sidelines. Feeling on, like we're on the sidelines, looking at everybody else who is being entertained, looking at everybody else who is having a good time, looking at everybody else who's fine. But here we are, isolated, disconnected on the sidelines. I also want to uh, read you a poem as well. I'm not joking, this is what I'm doing. Okay. This is a poem by Robert, uh, Robert Frost, American poet, who's uh, from the same kind of era as both those paintings and that music, okay? This is a poem about loneliness. It's called Desert Places. Snow falling and night falling fast, oh fast. In a field I looked into going past and the ground almost covered smooth in snow but a few weeds and stubble showing last. The woods around it have it, it is theirs. All animals are smothered in their lairs. I am too absent-spirited to count. The loneliness includes me unawares. And lonely as it is, that loneliness will be more lonely ere it will be less. A blanker whiteness of benighted snow with no expression, nothing to express. They cannot scare me with their empty spaces between stars on stars where no human races. I have it in me so much nearer home to scare myself with my own desert places. Again, this uh, exploring this idea of loneliness. And while I've used these things, okay, I've used this music, this art, and this poem to kind of evoke a sense of loneliness, I actually find, right, that when... When you are actually lonely, engaging with some of these things are actually quite helpful. 
looking at art like this, you know, listening to music like that, reading these kind of poems, actually I find quite helpful. It helps remind me I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one who feels this way. I'm not the only one out there who has these feelings and sensations. This is part of being human. This is part, this is normal and it's okay, you know. And actually when I engage with some of this stuff, it, it, it makes me feel okay. You know, I feel better. There's a measure of healing in it. And this brings me to a different way of thinking about loneliness. Loneliness is not something to be fixed, but something to be endured. Okay? Thinking about loneliness is not something that needs to be fixed, but something to be endured. The Christian Danish uh, philosopher Soren Kierkegaard says this. Life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. Life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. And this is a very different way of thinking about things than often is presented to us. That our loneliness is not something that should be fixed or forgotten through comfort, but is to be experienced. It is to be lived through. It is to be endured. It's a very different way of thinking about it. So how then do we do this? How then do we endure loneliness? I think first we have to look to God's definitive statement on loneliness. God's definitive statement on loneliness, and that is the cross of Jesus. No one has ever been more lonely and disconnected as Jesus Christ on the cross. No human being has ever been more lonely and disconnected than Jesus Christ on the cross. In carrying the sin of the world, Jesus became more isolated and alone than you or I will ever be. He knows what it's like to be alone. He knows what it's like to be disconnected. He knows what it's like to be forsaken. And he endured it all. He endured every ounce of every painful emotion there is at Calvary. And if we like him before us, if we are to be like him, and we are to carry our cross and follow him, we are going to feel some of those same things too. We are going to feel some of that loneliness, some of that isolation, some of that disconnection. And we too are called to endure it. Not to have it fixed, but to endure it. There is a whole book of the Bible that is devoted to the feelings of disconnection. It's called Lamentations. And this book is a prayer written while the people of God were in exile. The people of God were in exile. They were disconnected from the land. They were disconnected from the promises of God. And there is a passage in this book that I think can really help us here. Okay, And this is uh, from Lamentations 3. 19 to 24, and it says this. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I say to myself, The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. So let's look back at the the first few verses. 
Verses 19 and 20, remembering affliction, remembering the bitterness. That the, the writer here, his soul is downcast, his heart is troubled. He is feeling alone and isolated and disconnected. Expressing how the people of God are feeling in this moment. But it doesn't stop there, it moves on. And in verse 21 it says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. As human beings, we are primarily driven by our hearts and our feelings, yes? As human beings, God has created us to be primarily driven by our hearts. It's one of the reasons why he cares so much about our hearts, why he wants to win our hearts, why he wants to capture our hearts, why he speaks to our hearts, why he loves to tend to the hearts of human beings. We are primarily driven by our hearts. We are designed this way to be driven by our hearts and our feelings. But there are times, there are times such as in the middle of loneliness and disconnection where we need to not be driven by our feelings, but we need to be driven by our good thoughts. We need to be driven by the truth we believe in. And there are many times in life where we, such as when you're worried or when you're anxious or when you're fearful, that it actually is better to stop thinking and just let go, right? When you're worried or when you're anxious, when you're fearful, it's better to stop thinking sometimes, you know, and just let go. But I think in the middle of loneliness, in the middle of disconnection, I actually think the opposite is true. I actually think it's better to start thinking and hold on. Often when I am feeling lonely, Often when I'm feeling lonely, I can recall to mind the truth of God and my feelings change, right? Often when I'm feeling lonely, I can think, no, God is there and he loves me. And my feelings then change, right? I feel the presence of God. I feel him there. But sometimes they don't. Sometimes, sometimes you know, I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling disconnected, and I remember the things of God, and nothing changes. I still feel lonely. I still feel disconnected. But the question is, what do I do? The question is, what do I do? And in that moment, I think we're, we're to hold on. We're to hold on, we're to keep going, we're to endure. Like Jesus did on the cross, we are to endure the loneliness. Because sometimes just thinking about God doesn't change how you feel. You feel that way. It'd be great if we could control all our feelings all the time. But there are times, and I think in the middle of loneliness is one of them, where we need to not let our feelings drive us, but we need to let our thoughts drive us. We need to hold on to what is true. In verse um, 24, I'll go back to that last verse there. See what it says there. It says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. I'm I'm convinced that the prophet here who's praying this does not feel the presence of God in this moment, does not feel connected to God, does not feel connected to the promises, but yet still says to, to themselves, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. And if we look at what the prophet says in the, in the verse before that, verse 23, no, back, yeah. 23, where it says, um, his, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. We won't be consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. They are new every morning. 
he doesn't feel connected to God. He doesn't feel connected to the promises of God. But he trusts that these feelings won't consume him. He even says that. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail and they are new every morning. And that is what I can tell you. And that is what I can encourage you with. Is to say that his compassions and his mercy are new every day. I don't know if you're going to have the strength for tomorrow. But I do know he will give you the strength for today. The Bible tells you that. He will give you what you need today. He will give you what you need to get through today. To get through this loneliness. To get through this disconnection. You can endure your cross. You can hold on. You can have hope. And I can't promise you that today you won't feel lonely or that all your problems will be fixed you know, in some kind of nice Disney magic way where everything's okay just because we want it to be. But I can tell you that you can endure, that you can get through it, that you can reach the other side, that you can hold on and you can have hope and you can do that by trusting in God. This is the God in whom we're trusting. That's what it says in Psalm 68. It says this of him. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. This is the God who we're trusting in. This is the God who we're believing in. This is the hope that is before us. This is what you hold on to. That he is the father of the fatherless and protector of widows. God settles the solitary. He settles the lonely. He settles the isolated in a home. That is who he is. And that is what he is doing. Okay? And I don't say that as some kind of like magic thing to take away the loneliness. But I say it as something to hold on to. I say it's something to reach out and grab to. I say it's something to get you through the loneliness that you experience day to day, that we all experience. We have to remember that this is who he is. Father of the fatherless. Protector of the widows. And this is what he is doing. Even if we can't see it. Even if we can't feel it. Even if we can't experience it. This is what he's doing, and this is what we need to hold on to. So that's my message, and I hope, you know, you know, I've de- I hope you're not depressed, because <laughs> I know I try to a little bit make you depressed. But I want, I wanted us to feel this sense of loneliness, and I wanted to f- see something beautiful in the middle of it. That it is possible to endure, to look at the cross, to see that these feelings, that these experiences. That um, that these sensations that we have can be endured. Can be endured. You can endure. You can hold on. You can get through. Okay, why don't we stand?